Mary Lee Talkington played Souter Box in C with Jason Momoa. She is actually legally blind and plays a totally blind character in C and the founder of Access Acting Academy, the world's first acting studio for blind and low vision actors. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Here is my conversation with Mary Lee Talkington. Essentially, just to let people know, uh, this is produced by the people that did the Planet of the Apes uh, trilogy, written by Steve Knight, and directed by Francis Lawrence, Lawrence, who did the last three of the uh, Hunger Games films. So it tells a story of a virus has wiped out most of mankind, and it leaves the survivors blinded. And you play Souter Bucks. Tell us a little bit about her. Great. Yeah, well, Souter is... She is part of Baba Voss's clan village, and Baba Voss is played by Jason Momoa. And um, mm-hmm. she's been part of this clan for from her family line has been part of this clan since the beginning. I have a nephew whose name is uh, Getherbax, and we're kind of the last of our people in terms of this village. And um, what I can say is that <laughs> I'm not I'm not the hugest fan. Uh, Baba Voss. I play, I'd like to say that I, I play both victim and villain in this. I get the opportunity to, to kind of show both um, without giving away too much. There's been some, mm-hmm. some injustice that's happened and I get yeah. to fight to make that right. Wow. And cool. he's delicious. Yeah. My, you know, I, I pop on the <laughs> screen here and there and um, I get to do some really juicy, delicious, um, emotionally uh, rich work. More with Mary Lee Talkington talking about her role in C. What's interesting too is this virus that has wiped out most of mankind, it leaves the survivors blinded. And that certainly adds a different complexion to the series. And uh, yeah, talk about that aspect. Uh, and actually, you were born with cone rod dystrophy, which is a retinal disease. Uh, but And we'll talk more about that a little bit, since I know you're heavily involved in the activism of that and getting the word out. But, uh, but that's an interesting concept for the series about people being blinded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, I'd never heard of anything like it. I think the thing that that is most interesting to me about it is that we inherently move out of the four kind of cliche types of stories that you hear about blind and disabled folks, which is, you know, they're the inspiration, they're the pity, they're the people that want to be cured, or they've got this disease and they want to die because of it. And when you have a whole world that is blind, all of a sudden there's a complexity of human experience, which is what we are. Every single person, it doesn't matter if you're blind or, or sighted or deaf or an amputee or have CP, like we are, we're all just human beings, right? And so the thing about this show that's so wonderful is you have warriors, you have, you have parents, you have teachers, you have, you have sexual beings, which is really nice because you rarely see that 
in terms of, you know, folks with disabilities or blind folks, you have, you have a full rainbow and spectrum of human behavior, human characteristics, human personality, and human motivation. And that is really exciting. It's really exciting. I, I, I'm especially love um, uh, seeing some of my blind castmates playing warriors because it's oh, incredible. Yeah. And it's, and it's not superhero stuff. It's just using what they got, but they're warriors um, and they're fierce. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I think that just, I think it adds really, I, and I, and it also a- asks the audience to do something that they don't normally get asked to do, which is step outside their own, their own ableist lens um, in terms yeah. of like, we, we assume the world kind of assumes that you have to have all five senses or that you have to have a certain body type to survive, to, to thrive, not just to, to survive, but to thrive. And in this world, everyone's thriving. They're not just surviving, they're thriving. That is a, a wonderful thing. That's one of the things I like about this is it has something to say. And that's mm-hmm. important these days in this series that we watch. I like action as much as anybody. But as as I get older, I, I kind of like a little more substance, too. This one mm. seems to have it. I love what you're saying about this because I'm the same way, too. Like sci-fi yeah. for sci-fi sake or post-apocalyptic or action for action sake it's it's conceptual like it only will it's only satisfying up to a point but when you add mm-hmm. something that teaches you about the human experience and other humans alongside of it sky's the limit i mean that's where that's where the juice is that's where the oh, real absolutely. like you satisfying thrilling experiences so i totally agree with you i would be remiss if i didn't mention another key member of the cast played by Alfrey Woodard, and I can tell mm. you from personal experience, she literally lights up a room when she walks into it. Her energy mm. is unbounded. Great, great actor. What's it like to have her and Jason on the same <sighs> series? That's pretty cool. When I heard that Alfrey was on this, my heart really just got big um, because <laughs> it did because she knows what it's like to fight for authentic representation. As a woman of color, as an actor of color, she has been one of the first in many, in many places. And I'm one of the first. And she was somebody that I have looked up to because I never had any role models. There's no blind actors that I had role models. My role models were actually fierce women of color who were actors. And she actually was one of them. I, being on set with her, she's exactly like you say, she's... She's a light. She's bright. She's expressed. She's expansive. She's extraordinarily generous. And she's amazing. She's an amazing talent. Like she's both an amazing human and an amazing talent. And it was, uh, it was a privilege to, to spend time with her. Mm. I loved it. What kind of world is this exactly? So it do, does mankind kind of go back and almost have like a primitive type village, that kind of thing? Or is there any technology left at all? can't speak to that too much, but what I can say is that of course. Um, <laughs> uh, the world is complex. There's not just one place. There's not just one village. And in the trailer, you'll see this. There's different factions. Oh, There's cool. different factions of people that are using the resources that have been left um, in different ways. So some folks, yeah. you know, some folks are really living off the earth. 
others are not. Mm-hmm. So everybody oh, has kind of gravitated towards different, um, different ways of, of adaption, which is really interesting as well. There's no one way of adaption, which I really love about this too. So how many episodes are we going to see? Or is I it a one they, shot? No, I think they filmed 10. Yeah, but each episode is like a feature film. Oh, it's nice, epic. nice. It's hmm. epic. <laughs> it's gorgeous and it's epic. So I think there's 10 episodes, yeah. Are you in most of them? No, I'm only, um, I'm not. Um, I'm only in the first part of the season. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. That means we, uh, we, get to, <laughs> we get to see what you do there. And, and uh, uh-huh. who, yeah. did you, do you feel like you had time to develop her as a character? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I actually I do. Yes, you know, because what was written, I got to do a lot of difficult acting work. Very exciting. So in a short period of time, I got to go to a lot of places, like a lot of places emotionally. Um, I got to be both fierce and I got to be both defeated. Like I, I get to do a lot in a little. That was extremely satisfying. And, and what I'll say about Francis, who, you, you know, you talked about earlier, Francis Lawrence, I yeah. loved working with him as a director. I love it. I love it. I love it because I'm somebody that brings a lot to the table. I bring a lot of choices. I do a lot of homework. I was able to come to the table and say, I'm thinking about this, 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 and this. And he's that kind of director that doesn't try to micromanage. He will listen, literally really take in what you're saying and going, yes, yes. Can we shift that a little bit? Yes. Let's shift that a little bit. Let's move that over here. And then he'll step back. And he, he provides this space that is so supportive and respectful of the actor's process where I personally, and I, and I actually saw it throughout the cast, everyone felt like they could bring their very, very best work and very, mm-hmm. very authentic work in terms of their own gifts. I, I saw everybody really able to reveal their own gifts and not feel too constrained in any way he just he just provides an, an amazing space to to bring excellence hmm. so, so it's more of a collaboration rather than you do things my way kind of thing yes absolutely he's extremely collaborative extremely but i also know having talked to him that there's some actors that actually just want to be told what to do sure that was that was less on this set, but you know, in other sets, and he's happy to step into that position too. But this was really, because the world was so new, it, it kind of had to be a collaboration because it's so epic. One person can't hold the vision for everything, for every single bit. Right. Directors are kind of like coaches in sports. You coach mm-hmm. everybody differently, and you also have mm-hmm. to kind of let your athlete, or even like a, uh, a jockey, you have to kind of let your horse run a little bit. <laughs> Yes, right. I'm associating myself with a horse now. Um, uh, <laughs> well, nothing, nothing right. personal, believe me. No, no, I know, I know. Um, but, but being an athlete, I was an athlete for so long growing up. Um, yeah. I was a basketball player, so I exactly know what you're talking about, you know, Amazing. having the coaches like lay out the plays, but then you have to execute and you're improvising in the moment. You're constantly like adjusting and making micro adjustments every single moment down the court. Um, mm-hmm. So I I totally agree. It's a great coaches are you know great directors are great coaches. I love that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think so too. We're going to take a short break. I'm talking to Mary Lee Talkington about her role in a news on Apple TV Plus called C. Back with Mary Lee Talkington. We've been talking about her series uh, C, but 
I want to talk about you were born with cone rod dystrophy, which is a retinal disease. And you actually, like, like so many diseases that we get, they're passed on through family. People can call this a disability, but the fact that you play basketball and also do indoor rock climbing, which are two things <laughs> I do not do. I don't rock climb and I, my basketball playing, even though I'm six, four is horrible. It's coordination mm-hmm. really, but I don't, I don't consider you a kind of person who's really disabled. I think you're, you're in some ways, I think you're kind of a superhero. Well, this is, you know, one, I'm going to say thank you, but I think, um, uh, I'll speak to the superhero stuff first. I mean, what I will say is that I have a very, I have kind of a, um, yeah, I have a very, very strong will. Um, mm. And I think that I did get that from my mother. And I think at any point in time, if anybody's ever said no to me, that literally was the challenge to be like, not only I'm gonna, am I going to do it, I'm going to do it better than everybody else. And this isn't about like me, and I want to clarify that. It's not about me being better than everybody else, but it's more like I'm going to realize myself to my fullest, fullest potential without buying into your limiting belief systems about who I am and what I can do. And that started Mm. very, very young. And um, in terms of the word disability, it's interesting because I don't define it as me being disabled. I use that word very specifically and very thoughtfully. I use the word disability because the culture has barriers. Yeah. And so I am often disabled from interacting, from being part of certain things because the culture and society has created physical barriers, um, belief system barriers that disable me from engaging fully, which means I have to do a lot of fighting for stuff. So that's how I use the word. Now, Yes, I'm legally blind. I was born with, um, sometimes it's called cone rod, sometimes it's called rod rod cone. But what that basically means is that I was born with no central vision. I was totally blind. I am totally blind centrally. So when I look straight at something, there's nothing in the center. I only have peripheral Mm. vision. And that peripheral vision has been been slowly degenerating over time. Um, So when Mm. I was an athlete in, in high school, my coaches, I never told them. Because I wouldn't have been allowed to play because, you know, there's so much stigma. You know, if you tell somebody that you're legally blind or you're visually impaired or you have a disability, the stigma comes up, the belief systems come up right away. I mean, I literally can feel the energy anytime I tell somebody that. All of a sudden, their bar drops of what I'm capable of and all these ideas of me not being um, worthy or capable or enough or strong enough or beautiful enough or sexy enough or smart enough could start rushing in. And that's no fault of their own. This is the, this is the soup that we all live in. So, yeah. But as a, as a young person, I decided not to tell a lot of people. And I didn't tell my coaches. I just played. And I worked. And, but once again, like as a person with um, a disability, you, you have to work harder than everybody else. It's just part of the game. You just have to, to get to even mm-hmm. the same place. So I was that person that was going in on holidays. I, I, got the, I had the keys. I actually had the keys to the gym. The coach gave me the keys to the gym so I could go in on my own time. So I would go uh-huh. in and I would just dribble and shoot threes and do as much as I, you know, I wanted. And I ended up being MVP and I was a state all-star. <laughs> no one knew, no one knew, but, um, you know, I, I started losing more of my vision 
in, in, in senior year in high school and there was no way I could play college ball because I was just losing yeah. too much of my depth perception. Mm. Yeah. The vision is, is an interesting thing because it's progressive. So I've continued to lose it over time. And so my experience sure? of the world is constantly evolving. Mm. I mean, I'm in a constant like evolution of who I am and what yeah. my identity is and how do I adapt. It's a, it's a wild, wild ride. To be on. Oh, God. Uh, it's amazing. Now, I mean, uh, it's truly inspiring uh, to anybody. Uh, you don't have to have a disability to be totally awed by what you've done. So uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and, you know, you've even written and directed plays. Uh, oh, yeah. It's amazing, too. I mean, that's nothing stopped you. The thing that you've done with the plays, usually, you know, the audience faces the stage. But the performance takes place around the audience. Yeah, because, um, you know, as an artist, when I think about what storytelling is, often I feel like we have been trained, we have been sort of trained as audience members and trained as actors. There's the performance up there and we're the audience back here. And that's quite, yeah. it's a small way of looking at things um, and experiencing things. And, and I started creating my own work, let's see, what's that, 20 years ago. And I was very interested in bringing as much visceral element into the design and storytelling as I possibly could. So that, I, I mean, I basically was trying to reimagine the audience experience. So one of the later shows that I did, which um, I think the one that you're referring to is Sticky Time, which, which um, I yes. was really so honored to win the California uh, Center for Cultural Innovation Award for that for that show, which I wow. wrote and directed and, and, um, and designed, the audience was in the center on swiveling chairs and the set was actually all around them. And, and the piece was about time. So everything was constantly in motion. It was constantly moving around That's... and around and it had 360 degree video and 360 degree audio and it was audio described. So I had an audio describer in there for the blind audience members to not only feel everything that was going around them, but they, if they chose, they could have the visuals uh, described to them. So I'm constantly interested in how can we break down the normative ways of, of artistic expression and crack them open to the full experience of, of our, human, our human senses and our human emotions. How can we innovate? How can we innovate more? Not just fix it, but how yeah. can we innovate more? So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I love, I love creating my own work. It's fantastic. That's great. Well, you've been on New Amsterdam, and I, mm -hmm. I live here in New York City, and I'm actually oh, about, okay. I'd say about a block away from um, Bellevue, which doubles for the lobby of New Amsterdam. And over the <laughs> yeah. summer, I street to go to a dog bar with my wife and my dog, and they had... Uh, they had trailers and stuff, and they were shooting New Amsterdam on 25th Street at some of the medical offices there. So um, so it's pretty cool. I, I, I occasionally go over to see if they're there, but usually when I go, they're not. But uh, it's kind of uh -huh, uh -huh. That's so cool. So, I love well, it. I love that they um, – did you, did you see any of the actors? No, I've never seen anybody. Uh, everybody was indoors when they were shooting the last time I was there. And I just walked around the lobby. You know, I just missed it. They just did um, like a day. Ast was there uh, with the hospital workers taking pictures and things like that. Mm -hmm. I honored them mm -hmm. and thanked them for the use of the hospital. And I only heard about it after the fact. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a shame. 
That was a lovely, so, lovely set to be on. They were so nice. Oh, there. yeah. Oh, I love Ryan. I mean, I've loved his work. And ever since, uh, you know, he's worked on, uh, you know, the show with uh, James Spader. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just uh, the blacklist. And he's just amazing. Yeah. Totally different role for him. But he's really showing he can handle that. And uh, it's always neat to... I have to remind myself that I live basically on a giant film set here in New York. So you never know what you're going to run into. Oh, my gosh. They can be shooting anywhere. What's coming up for you uh, coming up? Yeah, well, I just wrote my first TV pilot. Nice. um, uh, Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So we're, um, you know, I'm working working on that and seeing where that's going to go. I also have just designed a new training program for blind and low vision actors um, because the, the discrimination against um, blind folks and disabled folks in general and in the, the training training systems is really intense. And so um, uh. I basically designed a new pedagogy and I just got that funded. And so I'm going to launch that in 2020, which we're working very hard on right now, which is super exciting. Um, and we'll yeah. see, you know, I am so, so excited and uh, eager to see what opportunities are going to present themselves because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to keep working with other visionaries um, and do some, some more exciting, complicated, demanding characters. So well, that sounds, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, since you're breaking down some barriers, I, I think you're, as I said before, I think you're some kind of superhero. I definitely are. <laughs> Anybody that can do that is a superhero in my book. So that sounds oh. absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Tony. Oh. Maybe Marvel will call that. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Actually, there is uh, Daredevil is uh, is visually impaired, so uh, you can't see it all. Uh, oh no, you know. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have somebody a little bit more complex and interesting than Daredevil. But um. besides that, he's pretty. Uh, he's pretty much a normal guy. I mean, he's dealing with uh, the death of his father and all that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the TV series uh, I thought uh, you know hit on some things that were pretty cool uh you know how he's perceived uh how he's had some barriers to overcome on the series and uh so i i did enjoy that and the actor was amazing on the series so but uh, yeah there we should have more characters uh you know that have reflect that i think it reflects the world as it is and uh i like diversity and uh diversity also includes people that have limitations but overcome those limitations. I don't have too many limitations. I have um no, I have a complexity so. of ex- I have a complexity of experience, that's what I'll say. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that very much. Well, yes. it's great to talk to you. We've been talking to Mary Lee Talkington. She is starring with Jason Momoa and Alfrey Woodard in a new series on Apple TV Plus called C. And that's something we all should see. Right. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. I had a great time. Look for C on Apple TV+. There's been some improvements in Sci-Fi Talk+, Plus, including a special offer for you and also your friends or family. Now with over 900 episodes, commercial-free, uncut, and even special programs. And now you can create playlists for my podcast in addition to seeing exclusive videos as well. Click on the link in the show notes for that free lifetime access. 
but this special offer will expire, so take advantage of it now. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.